on behalf of Momentum Church, I just want to say thank you to you guys for being here. Um, man, this is our first week here at the school at 9 a.m., and uh, so we're really excited, and we just believe that God, man, we celebrate everything God has done with a year. As I see all those pictures, it blows my mind. It really, truly blows my mind. But you know what really blows my mind? What really blows my mind is the fact that we're just getting started. We're one. We're one. We're just getting started. Y'all can clap for that. Why don't we try that again? Y'all can clap for that. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, excitement always makes things better, right? So just add a little uh, enthusiasm to whatever, and you got something powerful. But uh, I, I, it, it blows my mind when I think and when I dream about what God dreams for us in the future. And I thank God for every one of those. Um, you know, I just want to say that God has been so faithful. He's been so faithful to us. My wife and I, she'll be in here a little bit later, um, but my wife and I, when, when God called us to do this, I'll be honest with you. Have you ever been scared? <laughs> have you ever been terrified? All right? Scared is like someone might be trying to get in the house. Terrified is like someone's in the house. That's a big leap. Um, well, we went from being scared to terrified. <laughs> we really did, man. And I'll be honest with you. I, I, uh, people say, man, how in the world all these incredible things happening? And, and I just say, God, G-O-D, God's that big. And you know, it has everything to do with the scripture today and the passage. And we're right in the book of James. We've been uh, in the series of James. And so today we want to pick up. So if you have your iPads or you got your iPhones or um, you got your Bibles. We want you to go to James chapter 1. Would you turn there, James chapter 1? We're going to pull up a verse that is um, it's very simple, but it's not very easy. In other words, it's, uh, it, it's simple when you read it, but it's not easy living it out. And, and yet it, the, the power in this verse, here's why you need to listen before you tune out today. Here's why you need to listen. Because this one verse, this one verse in the Bible right here, literally has the power to change your life. And you know what? That, we, that, that just doesn't have the pizzazz that it once had, right? Because we watch uh, infomercials, and they're selling, you know, this, you know, stuff that comes in a can, and this has the power to change your life. And then we see something else on TV, and that has the power to change your life. And maybe you can't sleep, and it's 3 a.m., and you're watching a 30-minute paid advertisement, and that has the power to change your life. Listen to me and listen very closely. This verse today has the explosive dynamite power to literally reshape the way that you live, the way that you think, the way that you act. This verse alone has the power to heal relationships, to help you in your work environment, on the job. This verse right here has the power to, to help you to where that you can be successful no matter what you put your hand to. This verse right here is that powerful. And so today we're gonna take, um, we're gonna take uh, just a few minutes to, to kind of wrestle with this verse and, and see what it looks like. So look with me if you would. James chapter one, verse five. James chapter 1, verse 5. And the Bible says this. It simply says this. It's on the screens. If you don't have the Bible, you look at the screens. That's cool. 
But the Bible says this, if you don't know what you're doing, time out. Have you ever not known what you're doing? Like, like we got my kids um, for Christmas, one of the gifts was we got them a pogo stick. Now, I used to have a pogo ball. How many of you that old? I just dated myself. Anyone remember the pogo balls? Those were the coolest things since Bluebell ice cream, man. And you could take that thing and you could spin it and you could jump on it and you could do all kinds of tricks. It, it really exploded. I think back in, uh, you know, some of y'all weren't even born yet, but, but back in the, in the 80s, um, it was a big deal. And I remember getting it when I was like middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. So I see a pogo stick, and my, my son was like, man, that's cool. I like that. So you check, you know, you're Santa Claus and the parent, right? So I'm like, okay, we make sure this happens. And, and, um, and so, man, Santa Claus, we need a pogo stick. And, and so sure enough, Christmas morning, Jaden gets a pogo stick. And uh, how it came down the chimney, I'll never know, but it's it, probably pretty easy. And there's a pogo stick, and he unwraps it, and he's like, Daddy, open this. And so I open it, and we go outside, and he's trying, and, and it, it, it's, you know, it's like this big on the ground. It's, you know, and he's standing there, and he's, uh, he's struggling with his balance. You ever struggle with your balance? You ever struggle with your balance in life? You ever struggle with your marriage? And no matter how hard you try, it just seems like you get off. As soon as, soon as you start, it seems like you just go the wrong direction. You, you lose your balance, and, and, and you're headed for a fall, and you're like, good night. Maybe it's in child rearing, and you just feel like, man, it doesn't matter what I try. I just, I just can't do this. Just not that good. Well, Jane was on the pogo stick, and he's like, Daddy, you try. <laughs> I wish, I'm thankful y'all weren't there for that, but I was going to say, I wish you could have seen it. No, I don't wish you could have seen it. So I get on this pogo stick. I'm like, all right, here we go. I get on the pogo stick, and I think, surely, man, this can't be that hard, man. Josh, this ain't that hard, man. It's a pogo stick. Come on. I'm 30, 37. I can do a pogo stick. Here's how you do it, son. And I hop on there, man. And, dude, I caught myself, but brother almost wiped out. I mean, bad. I mean, I, I thought it'd be easy to stand up, you know, on the stick. It didn't happen. And I lost my balance, and I, like, jump, jump, jump. And I almost, man, took skin off the face. It was bad. But, um, you know, Jaden's laughing, and he's, you know, you know, that was a great, great time for us, him watching me almost wipe out. And I got determined. How many of you guys, you pretty determined people? How many of you are determined? You're like, oh, that ain't whooping me. Heck no. Uh-uh. And you get that, well, I got that thing. I don't get this thing. And the same thing happens. And same thing, same thing. And finally, I'm getting a little bit better. But that pogo stick just reminded me how that sometimes in life, whether it's a new job, maybe you're going through a transition, you just moved here, your life is totally, you're starting, say it with me, starting over. Maybe you've just gone through a horrible divorce. Maybe you're saying, I need to start over with my parenting skills. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I, I just, you know what, I need to start over. <laughs> Literally, I'm a college student and this semester isn't just going so great. I'm, I'm not... Um, doing as good as I originally thought when I scheduled all these classes, and you're struggling. And, and, it, and life is a balancing act, isn't it? Isn't it a balancing act that, that we struggle sometimes? We struggle, with, we, we struggle with work. We struggle maybe with school. You struggle with relationships. You struggle with treating your girlfriend or treating your husband, treating your wife, treating your boyfriend. You struggle with treating them right. You, you struggle with your attitude. Your attitude is always a challenge. And man, what looks so easy and should be so easy, oftentimes, is like that pogo stick. And it actually is a little intimidating. 
You ever felt intimidated by life? You ever felt intimidated? Raise your hand. You ever, you ever been there? How many honest people we have here today? How many be totally honest? There's something in your life right now, right where you're at, that you're like, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little intimidated right now. Would you raise your hand? How many honest people in the house? Because I know that's true of most of us. All right. I want to help you because this verse, this is why you've got to hear this verse. Look at this verse. If you don't know what you're doing, what's the next word? Pray. That word pray, in the original language, that word pray means a three-letter word, ask. That's what it means. It means ask. And this is that you are asking for something, not someone. You're asking for something to be given. You're not asking for someone necessarily to do something, but you're asking for something almost for a deposit to be made. You need a transaction, so you're asking. That's, that's what this verse is talking about. So if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father, or we could say ask the Father, Father God. Ask. So we're asking for something to be giving instead of asking for someone to do something. You say, well, in God, aren't we asking God to do something for us? No, we're asking God to give us something we don't have. This is almost the, the word picture here in the original language is an inferior asking his superior for something. So think military with me just for a minute. Think military here for a second. It, it is, it is uh, you know, maybe E2 going to someone much higher. And, and, and asking for his superior to do something that that E2 can't do. I mean, he, can't, he needs permission. He needs help. That's what this verse is talking about. See how elevated God is? See how elevated God the Father is? And, and then here's the next part of the verse. He loves to help, and you will get his help. I love that. Did you know that God loves to help you? So many of you here today, um, I, I hope that you know that. I hope that you're living that life, realizing that God is for you. God is for you. Message of the cross, he's for you. He said, I, I, I'll, I'll go to bat for them. I'll pay the price for them because God's for you. He loves to help you. Can, let's just break this verse down for a second. Let me ask you this. How many, how many have really, truly digested that truth? Like, are you there today? Do you really understand? Do you really believe that God not will help you, might help you? Do you understand? Do you, can, can you wrap your arms around this truth for a minute? That God loves to help you. How many have kids? Raise your hand. You know what? Sometimes Jaden, like today, Jaden told me, he said, Daddy, he said, can you untie my shoes? And there were a couple knots in there. And I said, man, I would love to, man. That'd be my privilege. Let me help you. Let me show you. See how this, see how the shoestring here, this one's on top? So that's where you want to start. You want to hold it, and I'm showing them. I'm teaching them. Isn't that a joy as a father, right? How many dads in the house? How many dads in the house? All right. Make some noise. We, we men, right? We, we do a or something, right? How many men in the house, right? How many fathers? Doesn't it give you joy, moms? How many mothers? Doesn't it give you joy when you get to help your son or daughter? You get to help them. Doesn't that give you joy? Your little baby's crying. He wakes up in the crib. She wakes up in the crib. She's, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad. And you run in there. Whether they're frightened or not frightened, maybe they just want out of bed. Maybe they want out of their bed into your bed. But all of a sudden, you pick them up, and you see their eyes when help has arrived. And doesn't it make you feel good inside? And you're like, oh, that's how Father God is. He loves to help you. 
Like, we just go home right now. Where do you need help in your life? Where are you, what area of your life? Is it your financial life? Is it your emotional life? Is it, what is it? What part of your life? If it, is it your spiritual life? Your relational life? What part of your life do you feel like, man, the pogo stick is going down. You're out of whack. You're out of balance and you need help. The Bible says, ask God because God loves to help. Here's the deal. God will not bargain with you. You've been a third world country and you go to buy some shades that look like Oakleys. They say they're Oakleys, they ain't Oakleys. But you're there and they're trying to work with you, you know? First time I went to Mexico, I'll never forget it, uh, Tijuana. We crossed the border and um, a dude runs up to me and, Corona, Corona, sir, Corona. He's trying to get me to buy a Corona. And I was like, man, I'm good. They, Corona, Corona, Corona. It's my first, um, uh, first word I heard in Mexico. It was, it was hilarious. Corona, Corona. And I, no, I'm good, man. And he started bargaining. He started going down in the price. I never asked him the price. He told me the price. Then he was telling me, and all of a sudden, the price just, it went on sale. And, and then it went to 50% off and Corona, Corona. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. And later, some glasses caught my attention. I was like, man, those glasses are awesome. And uh, what, a, what a funny day that was. Don't ever forget your wallet when you go into another country because checking out's not fun. Um, but uh, I literally forgot my wallet in the car that day. And, and, uh, but, you know, they're bargaining with me. They, you know, you get some leverage. God does not use leverage when it comes to us asking for wisdom. God is a liberal giver. God gives what he has. He loves to help. So if you don't know what you're doing, Ask, pray to the Father. He loves to help. The Bible says you will get his help and you won't be condescended to when you ask for it. You won't be embarrassed. I want you to think real quick. We're gonna do some stories here. I want you to think real fast of a time in your life when you were embarrassed. Go there, go there right now. Someone pulled out a chair. You got up to speak. (laughs) The problem was there weren't any words coming out of your mouth. That happened to me one time, I was in college, and they were voting for something for the student body, and I got up, and there's, I don't know, there's, um, I think it was the chaplain for our class, and a real big class, we're outside on a huge football field, and you know, there's a couple thousand people, and, and you have to introduce yourself, you stand up there, and so I get ready to introduce myself. <laughs> you ever forgot who you were? <laughs> I'm like, hey, my name's... And then it was like, dude, I totally forgot my name was Tim, you know? I don't know. Maybe you've probably never had anything that scarring happen to you, but it took me a second. I was like, just make sure you guys are listening. Uh, my name is Tim, and I think I just forgot my name there for a second. You know, we all had a good laugh. Um, but have you ever had something embarrassing happening to you, happen to you? You've been embarrassed. Has anyone ever done something on purpose to embarrass you? Not fun, Right? Are you at that embarrassing moment? You remember that embarrassing moment? Like it scarred you for life? <laughs> You're like, I will never ride that, that uh, ride again. <laughs> you know, I will never laugh that hard. I, w- I will never, what was it for you? I will never, and, and you just said, I'll never, I'll never put myself in that situation again because you were embarrassed. Someone did something to you. God promises you God won't be like, oh, you stupid idiot, you. Oh, you need wisdom? Yeah, I can help the brother out. You need some wisdom. You, you're, man, how stupid was that? Oh, let me get you some wisdom, man. You're a bonehead, you know, like I really, like the angels, we're still laughing up here. I can't believe you did that. That's crazy. God will never do that to you. When you come and you ask, when you humble 
By the way, what keeps us from asking God for help? And what's the middle letter in pride? Connection there, right? What keeps us from asking God for help? I think it's really the belief that we can do it ourselves. We don't need you, God. Momentum story. Momentum story is a story of a couple that God loved. God called, and we felt inferior to the calling. By the way, if you don't feel scared of the calling that God has for your life, if, 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 if God's dream for you doesn't create a couple butterflies in your stomach, you probably have no clue of God's dream for you. If, if, it's not, um, if it's not a little intimidating to you, then it might be insulting to God. The Bible says, God says, I know the plans that I have for you. God has plans 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 for you. And these plans are incredible. They're life-changing, world-shaking, big plans for you. And the greatest days of our life is when our will and our dreams and our plans and our purposes merge with God's dreams and plans and purposes. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a sweet spot. My wife and I, when, when we came here, we didn't know where the church, where we were going to put the church. We didn't know how we were going to have the money. The truth is, guys, the, the truth is that we had to pray and we had to ask God for help because we didn't have a church. You know, we had one church say, man, we, we, would, love to, uh, we would love to send you 100 bucks a month. Can I tell you something? When, when, when you go from a good income with you and your wife working to no income and one church and a, a couple, thank God, a couple friends that said, hey, man, we, we, we want to step up. But the truth was on paper, on paper, there was no way in the world we were even paying a quarter of our bills. And that was after dumping, you know, getting rid of this and that. Well, we don't need cable. We don't need this. Turn that off. Turn that off, man. We're getting ready. Here we go. For the sake of the call, we'll abandon it all. Here we go. And you know what? On paper, I'll be real honest with you. You know, we used what we had in the bank to help get this church started. We invested everything we had in getting this church off the ground. I'll be honest with you. It still, at the end of the day, was scary. Didn't know. First service, first gathering. First gathering at Shoreline, April 1st, one year ago. Didn't know. Really felt like I wonder if anyone will show up. Next week was Easter. I wondered if anyone would show up. Wondered, prayed, believed. But I'll be honest with you, man. I spent so much time on my knees doing this. God, help. Sometimes the most powerful prayers are the shortest prayers. When was the last time you got on your knees and said, God, help. God, my marriage, I can't do it anymore. Help. God, I just emotionally, I feel so stressed out. I feel so burned out. God, I, I just feel stretched. God, please, I can't go on. Help. Lord, my finances, I don't know how we're going to make it to the end of the month. And the scary part is, Lord, it's April 7th. Help. God, my job, they're cutting, they're laying off another 200 people. My job is in jeopardy. I, I, truthfully, I should be one of the ones to 
to, to go the way that it's headed. I mean, our whole division's going to be wiped out. God, help. See, wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is skill in living. Jesus prayed a prayer and he said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wisdom is when we live in such a fashion that God's will on, in heaven is being done on earth. That's wisdom. Wisdom is when I have skills in living, in parenting, in loving my wife, in forgiving my enemies, for praying for the people that don't like me and are trying to hurt me and come against me, the person that, that's trying to get me fired so she can have my job, I'm gonna pray for, that's, that's skill in living. When the bills are this high and the income's this high, we need skill financially. We need to, we need to uh, um, um, have wisdom when it comes to our finances, our sexual life. You know, you can wreck yourself sexually. You can come down with diseases. You can do all kinds of, you can wreck the shit. We need skill there for living. Maybe, maybe you have someone that, uh, that you love dearly and, and, and they're, they're struggling. They're at the bottom in their life. They need skills for living. That's wisdom. So God says this. Do you need help? Then ask God and God will help you. The first one that we're going to talk about five quick points. Watch a little clip for each one. But, you know, one of the things that I really believe with all my heart, the reason why God is doing what he's doing in Momentum is because we didn't have money. We had prayer. I want to tell you something. Prayer is a whole lot more powerful than money. And when you don't have money and God calls you to do something that requires a lot of money to start up, prayer is the nerve that moves the omnipotent, that means all-powerful, the sovereign. Prayer is the nerve that moves the all-powerful hand of God. And I want to tell you something. God not only owns the cattle on a thousand hills, God owns the hills. And when so-and-so owned the hills... And he passes it on to his family, and they pass it on to their family, and they pass it on to their family. They're like, we don't need them hills anymore. We're selling it. woo we're rich. And they get the money. God still owns the hills. When the thunderstorms come, he still owns the hills. And when the hailstorms come, he still owns the hill. At the end of the day, God owns all the real estate. And when everything goes in a box at the end of the day of our lives, God still owns it all. Do you need wisdom? Do you need skill for living? Ask God. He'll give it to you. And he'll love giving it to you. And he won't hold back. He'll give it to you generously. First thing we learned was prayer. Look at the screens. And I want you to watch this clip about the power of prayer. Man, I got to tell you the most amazing story. Uh, we, our business was growing. Everything was going crazy. And, and we moved into this 8,000 square foot building. And... We moved into about 4,000 square feet and we we're kind of renovating the rest of it. And we were renovating probably about 2,500 into this big community open meeting room. And I remember because I pulled in a contractor to give me a quote on staining the concrete floors. And as I was sitting there and we're scratching on the thing, he gave me a price too much. I said, boys, we're gonna learn how to do this. So we jumped on it. We're, we're staining the floor, staining it and grinding it. And as I scratched on those floors, man, I said, Lord, man, it sure would be nice one day if a church needed a place to meet on a Sunday, I mean, we don't use it on Sunday, if they could meet here. And I didn't think nothing about it, but I kept on scratching. And then later that week, uh, or actually the next week on Saturday, I went to a, a, uh, a wedding. And 
I saw uh, the youth minister that I used to work under marrying these kids. And I'm like, whoa, dude, I had no idea that Tim was actually officiating the wedding. I ran to Tim, I said, dude, what are you doing, man? Man, when are you gonna open your own church? And he said, his mouth kind of dropped open. He says, Rob, sit down. You're not going to believe this. So I sat down. I said, what? He says, man, I just came back from a pastoring conference. And, you know, God was working on my heart. And he just convicted me to, to, to start my own church. And I was, you know, I was a little afraid because it was a big step. And I said, man, I don't care where you go. Me and Miss Pam, we've got to support you no matter what. And he says, well, guess what? God called me to come to Gulf Breeze. I said, get out of town. I said, besides Mama Gail, me and Miss Pam are going to be the first ones in line. <laughs> and uh, I always joke with Tim now because I say, hey, man, you know, the day I was scratching on that floor, you probably think God got a little blessing for you because we started those community meetings about the church was 35 and it was 75. They were pushing the freaking doors out. It was 80 people. I'm like, Tim, we're going to have to the world to go. To see this church grow in a year, and really more than that, but to see what it's done in my life. In my life, being in church for the last 16 years, I mean, it was great. We went there every time the doors were open, but let me tell you the difference. At momentum, it's passion. I told my mom, I said, well, I'm more spiritually fulfilled now than I've ever been in my entire life because I just see God working. You know, Tim says all the time, I don't care where I'm at. I just want to be there when God shows up. And you know what? He's been a great steward, and God's been just growing this church from from first two people that talked about it to 80, to 100, to 200, and people getting saved every day. 23 people saved last Easter, 18 baptized in the water, to just now. 1,200 people, 200 people saved. You know what? This was my prayer. And this is my story, and my name's Robert Kimball, and I love my middle church. You know, um, I love that. I love that. Thank you, Robert. Phenomenal. Boy, that was, a, that, that was a moment, wasn't it? I'll never forget that. Unbelievable. You know, God leads us not only to pray. The Bible says some things happen. Some things only happen by prayer and fasting. Fasting is when you get serious about prayer and you say, God, I'm going to desire you and I'm going to desire merging with you more than anything else, especially more than food. And, and, you know, you don't know how much you love food until you fast. And then you realize you love food. You may think, I don't like to eat. I eat. No, 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 no. Just go two or three days without any food. Last week, Easter Sunday, we did have an incredible crowd, both gatherings, and we stepped out in faith. But I want to tell you something. We didn't know, man. We we're like, dude, this is the first time to ever go to two gatherings on Easter Sunday. You would think we, you know, some people should come, but we were at a football stadium. You have 20 people, you have 100 people show up at football stadium. It looks like no one's there. It looks like no one's there. It looks like you failed, right? But we said, you know what? We're going to do this. And we challenged our core team to pray and to fast and to fast. And here's what we said. Last year, we had 100, last year, we had 173 people. 173 people on Easter Sunday. We said, God, give us more than that, that will accept Jesus as their Savior, that will cross the line of faith, that will pass from death to life. And can I tell you the good news? We know of 179 people that did that, and there's more than that. Um, 
you know, but we know of 179. We prayed and God delivered. God delivered. Y'all forgive me. I'm just, I, I try to stay excited and say like this. Did, maybe y'all didn't hear what I said. That was like a courtesy clap, you know. The, I, I was at the Wahoo Stadium and they got a, you know, they got a little bit better clap than that. I just said 179 people passed from death to life. That's right. That's right. Go Wahoos. Go Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. That's amazing, man. I talked to my neighbors yesterday in the driveway, and they're standing there with tears in their eyes. And she says, uh, they'll be here 11 o'clock. And she said, thank you. Thank you so much. When the invitation was given, both of them put their hands up and gave their life to Jesus. You know what she told me? I want to be baptized. I hadn't even talked to her about baptism. But she read the book. She read the book that we gave out. She knows baptisms are next step. And here she was excited, man. Some things only come by prayer and fasting. I talked to my old, well, he's still my pastor, but I talked to my pastor from Tampa. And he said, Tim, what happened in Gulf Breeze is historical. It's not only miraculous, it is historical that a church that just started running 200 saw 1,149 people come to church and saw 179 people give their life to Jesus. That is historical. Who is this guy? Come on. Son, praise God. Some things only come by prayer and fasting. Look at the screens. We learned that, you know what? That when we fast, God hears us and God honors our fasting and our praying. So a couple months ago, um, Brother Tim challenged the uh, entire Momentum family to a fast. And uh, we've been in church all our lives, um, pretty much. And we never even really heard of fasting or we heard of it, but we didn't think we should do that. We thought it was for the preachers and deacons and, you know, the real spiritual people. And uh, we gave it a try and uh, we got into it and amazing things started happening in our life. And uh, one of them was um, our, our dad and uh, my mom's uh, husband. And we prayed and we fasted for him. And, God just showed up. It was crazy um, how he showed up. And, you know, and at first I was kind of like, you know, you know, is this going to work? You know, it's going to be, it's going to take a lot to change, you know, my dad. And and sure enough, you know, I got woken up to a phone call at 7 o'clock in the morning to a, uh, a weeping uh, father. Uh, my dad, he called me one Sunday morning just crying, you know, and, uh, and, and God, is, he, he broke his heart like we've been praying for. Adding more to what Shane was saying, how our dad would call us in the middle of the night and just crying to Shane, and it was just so crazy because he even, whenever he, he works out of town, so when he came home, I remember a few mornings he asked me to do devotionals with him and to read the Bible, and I just thought that was crazy because our dad never asked us to do that growing up as kids. He was always so busy watching football and baseball and all that stuff, so the fact that he wanted to have that personal time with me and God was huge. And just to see him and my mom's marriage slowly get better has been an experience for all of us and something that we never thought would be possible. And now we know that we, without God, we could have never changed my dad, but with him and with this fast, it's changed all of our lives for the good and it's opened our eyes up to a lot of stuff. And he's, uh, he's now in, um 
he's now a momentum moment in family. He's uh, he's coming to core uh, core team. He's serving, uh, parking. Uh, he's he's involved in the teardown of uh, you know after service, and uh, it's just he's come he's come a long way. And uh, and if you if you knew him a year ago and and you see him now, you knew it was something. It was a God thing, and uh, and that was all you know through the past and the prayers. So. Along with him wanting to do these devotions with me in the morning time. He himself also did a fast um, for three days for Easter Sunday, and it's so great because he loves all the bread foods and all that stuff, and I never would imagine my dad to just drink water and juices and eat only vegetables and fruits. So it was just really cool just to see my dad doing it as well. And we are the Stokes family, and this is our fasting space. That's awesome. One of my favorite stories of the year, one of my favorite stories. Only Jesus can sustain life change. You hear what I said? Only Jesus can sustain life change. Only Jesus. I never heard a person say, my life was horrible. It was headed down the wrong direction. I I used to beat my children. And then I became an atheist. And it changed my life. Never heard that. Only Jesus can sustain life change. You know, we learn to give. We learn, we learn that, the, that, that when we honor God with our finances, God multiplies our finances. That's what we learned. So we not only learned about praying, we learned about fasting, we learned about giving, that one of the greatest ways to prove that we trust God is to trust him with what we need, and that's our resources. But not only with money, um, you know, 10% is what the Bible teaches is to, to give 10%. And it's not just 10%, it's the first 10%. And we, we did a whole series where we talked about that first 10%, the principles all through the Bible, how it redeems the rest of the 90%. That you will have more money when you say to God, God, here's the first 10, that's yours, that God will literally put his hand of blessing on your finances. And that the 90%, You'll be able to do, and you're sitting there, maybe you think, I don't understand that. I didn't either. Trust me, it works. There's a whole lot of people in here that a year ago didn't understand it. They understand it today. It works. God, when we honor him with our finances, he multiplies our finances. But we learned another thing that, about giving is serving, that we can give of our time. That, that this is, this is we, we are the temple of God. We know that. That the church is not a building, but we believe that Momentum Church, that it's God's house. That's where God does business. It where God, it's where God changes lives. And so we learn that, that people who serve aren't because they're lonely or bored or don't have anything to do. They're socially, in, you know, they're socially awkward. It's the fact that they realize that their greatest eternal investment is gonna be what they do for the kingdom of heaven while they're still breathing today because what we do on earth echoes in eternity. And so we learned about serving and I want you, this is a great, great video here. Look at the screens and we're going we're gonna to see a, a great truth and a great story. So I was an LSU student and I didn't really have any summer plans. And so um, God actually told me to move to Pensacola. And at the time it was crazy, but I loved it. And um, he just really restored me. I was in a sorority at LSU in a leadership position as chaplain and just had a lot going on. And, so it was great that God just really took that time to restore me that summer. And 
um, he moved me there for good and I was looking for churches everywhere and I'd been to a few and then um, my friend Andrew decided, um, well actually after taking a church out paddleboarding, he um, decided he really wanted to try that church out. And so he took me with him and it was on the beach and we're surfers and we loved it. And um, I really got to experience that great servanthood that's all over Momentum. And so that gathering um, was my first gathering and now I can say that I'm a part of the surf team. And I love it. And you'll see me at the Welcome Center and I'm serving coffee, but I serve a lot more than coffee. Um, serving has become a part of my lifestyle and through Jesus Christ and His great example, um, I've just been able to do that throughout life and at school at University of West Florida. And I actually met um, a great friend of mine, Carrie, and she started riding home with me. And she's just been a blessing in my life, but she was looking for a car. And she really was believing God for a car. And um, so I told my um, church that if they could just keep Carrie in their prayers, and so they did, and next thing you know, someone in the church happened to me to give their car away, and it was just a beautiful story of just how God um, blessed her, and I got to be a part of that just by serving into her life and being there for her, encouraging her. And so Jesus Christ has just been such a wonderful servant to all of us, and now I get to serve because of Him. I'm Hannah, and this is my serve story. Love it. Great job. Great job. Thank you, Hannah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, you know, one of the greatest ways that we can serve people is by inviting them to hope. And, you know, when you come here, listen, I want, I want you to understand something. I grew up in church, and uh, it was a dead church. Um, we believed in being dead. <laughs> we, we believed in if you had any excitement, it probably wasn't good. <laughs> you know, I mean, if I just be honest, you know, you know, it, uh, crazy times. But it was just real boring. That's why you left church, by the way. That's why it took you 15 years to go back. That's why you said you'd never go again. That's why you consider yourself not a churchgoer. And we're out to do, to create an environment that's irresistible for people, where there's real people with real problems, with a real bigger God who loves them and is for them, where there is hope for everybody, where God loves you and accepts you where you are. He will not leave you there, but he will accept you there. And he, if you will get in, you get on the God train, he'll give you a ride you'll never forget. And one day, you'll be able to say, thank God I did, instead of, I wish I had. There'll be a lot of people one day say, I wish I had, but it'd be too late. But when you serve, and when you serve by inviting people to come experience life, you know, we'd sing on, we're down on the floor, man, I'm bouncing, I'm the, I do that at the house. I do that. I do that when, you know, that's not a thing because people are watching. That's because I have enthusiasm. Enthusiasm means in God. If you're in God, you're going to have a little something that other people don't have. You're going to be excited because you know that though you had a whole bunch of sins, they've been forgiven and washed, and it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we've read the back of the book, and we win. Come on. Somebody call somebody. That's why we give you invite cards is so you can serve people. I pass them out all the time. Last night, my wife and I got an anniversary on Wednesday, 14 years of marriage to that hot thing. Woo! She is incredible. 
And we invited our waiter. You got to come to Momentum, man. God's doing something incredible. We're not ashamed. Why would we be ashamed? This is awesome what God's doing here. You want to come. If you don't come, you're missing out. Come on. Give them a ticket. Come on. Invite people. Wait till you see the power of an invite card. Look at the screens. A lot of things in life start with an invite. If it's a birthday party, wedding, even a funeral, it all starts with an invite. Um, Luckily, every day in our lives we receive an invite from God. He's inviting us to live a better life, a more full life, a more joyous life. And uh, I consider myself fortunate that He placed mouthpieces in my workplace to get me to listen to His invite to take those steps in my life. Uh, I was working at Santino's and Gulf Breeze. Um, it was after a few years, I graduated, I, you know, trying to transition, trying so hard to figure everything out on my own. I was so tired of struggling, so tired. And uh, a group of guys came in and, uh, you know, doing my normal jazz, serving milk some pizza and I'm walking away. They're like, hey man, I just want to chat with you, you know, that sort of thing. So I did that, and as I was walking away, they handed me a business card, and I'm led by my feelings. I touched the card, and I said, actually, touch this very card. And um, you can't really see it, but it has like a satiny finish to it. And I felt it, and I knew that they cared. It's a double-sided print. <laughs> they really care about getting this message out. And they invited me to Momentum. Um, I came back a couple weeks later. Um, took a huge step in my life. Just kind of guided, and the invite didn't stop with just, you know, come on to church, check things out. I was invited to step forward and uh, turn my life over to Christ. And I didn't even have to make the decision. He, he kind of made it for me, stood me up, guided my feet. Um, everything went great. Uh, you know, I was baptized right there in the sound. It was an amazing day. You may have seen me crying to do one of those numbers, but the whole thing, it all started with an invite. And every single day, we're invited. My name is Bernard, and this is my invite story. Yeah. Awesome. The last story that we're going to show, and then, then we'll, wrap, we'll wrap up today. Have, have you enjoyed these stories? Have they been incredible? The last story we're going to show is one of the most powerful stories um, that I've experienced in my life let alone in the last year. And it has everything to do with believing. Believing. Believing for miracles. Remember, God loves to help. I don't know where you're at today, but if you only remember one thing, just remember that if you ask God for wisdom, if you ask God for skills in daily living, that God will bless you and he will give it to you and he will give it to you freely and he will give it to you enthusiastically. And that God's for you so much that God wants to do miracles in your life. Nothing bigger than a miracle. Look one more time to the screens as we experience this miracle together. Hi, um, my name is Pam Kimball, and um, Robin and I have been married for 25 years. Uh, we have three children. Our youngest is 16, 20, almost 21, and 23. Uh, we have two beautiful girls, and our son is um, the youngest. Uh, we've owned our own business. We've had, you know, great um, 
wonderful highs in our life and we've had some extremely, you know, horrible lows and always through our course of life I always prayed that, you know, God would not um, have health issues for those people that we love. And then as a mother, in August uh, 29, 2012, I received the dreaded phone call that no mother wants to hear that our son had been in a critical accident and um, we didn't know if he was going to live. We, we got to Sacred Heart and I threw myself on the floor um, in the family waiting room and I was crying out with my soul for God to spare my son. And I, when I looked up, um, Gilbig was standing in the doorway. And from that point forward until they got Robbie even to the hospital, our momentum family started showing up. They never left our side around the clock. They prayed for us. Um, they fed us, they supported us, they encouraged us, they loved us. Um, for weeks on end. Um, for the first 11 days, we really did not know if he was gonna live or not. We did not leave the hospital and neither did our family. Um, our Momentum family was hope when we felt hopeless. They loved us, encouraged us, supported us for eight weeks until Robbie's recovery. Um, we were told with a traumatic brain injury and brain surgery, a coma, the severity of his injuries, that if he woke up, we did not know how he was gonna be. Um, everybody started praying for him. And um, I have to let you know that the doctor said that he would not be released for 12 to 18 months. Uh, at the six month mark, my son was released from all medical care. Um, through the power of prayer and love of momentum, my son, I believe, was healed. God blessed him, he touched him, and he put him back better than he was before. I'm Pam Kimball, and this is our Miracle Story. You know, On December 23rd of this past year, uh, my son Cole uh, was hurt um, in an accident. He was playing with his friends in a gymnasium, and. Uh, fell and hit his head. Um, I've played contact sports my whole life and to be honest I really wasn't that concerned about his injury at first. I knew that he had a concussion but he was responsive and talking to me and I really felt like he was going to be okay. Um, but as a precaution he started throwing up and my wife and I took him to the hospital and uh, just to get him checked out. And the next thing we knew the uh, the nurses came in and told us that, uh, that Cole had fractured his skull and that uh, his brain was bleeding and that uh, they had a jet uh, coming to get us and take us uh, to Shands in Gainesville. And uh, the craziest part of the whole story is, of course, when we're there at the hospital and the Kimballs came up, uh, having gone through what they went with Robbie and other people from here at Momentum and. Pastor Tim, of course, was there with me and praying with me and for me and for Cole and praying that God would touch him. And when we were leaving for Shands, uh, my wife had already left with her dad to drive down there. They needed just one of us on the jet and they needed to be someone who, uh, at the time they said that things could go south while he was flying and they wanted someone who could be calm if, uh, if he started doing worse. And as I was leaving the hospital room and Tim and I prayed together over my son, 
I turned to him and said, I'll, I'll see you for New Year for Christmas Eve service, which was the next day. This was Sunday night, and uh, Monday was Christmas Eve. And Tim said, no, Doug, stay with your son. Because they had told us we'd be there for probably at least, at least a week if things went well. And I said, no, I'll be there with my son. And uh, that was just our miracle that God touched him and, and healed him. And uh, on Christmas Eve, this past year, 2012, I was at Momentum Church with my son. And 100% healed. God touched his body, healed his brain, stopped the bleeding. My name's Doug Jolly. This is my son, Cole. And this is our miracle story. Appreciate... Um gone a little bit longer today and uh you know normally parties aren't just an hour <laughs> so we uh we have incredible stories that really happened that really affected so many of us what i would say to you today is that god wants to do a miracle in your life and whether it's you beginning to live with wisdom or maybe it's you being forgiven of your sins and being introduced to the person that loves you. That's a miracle.